Hi, Mamas. Or Mamas to be. I'm Kayla. And I'm Tara. And welcome, welcome to, to Motherhood, Motherhood Leaked. We're two first time mums leaking unfiltered tales of motherhood. Being there, getting there, and possibly getting lost along the way. Let's, Let's chat. chat. May contain swearing. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Motherhood Leaked. Hi, Kayla. Hi, Tara. How are you today, this week? I'm good. We were just having a bit of a laugh before because the weather's been like sunny, cloudy, rainy. And I was saying it's a bit like how I feel. <laughs> I did get my period this week and um, it was a full moon. So, well, you yeah. know, it's been a week. But actually, in all, all in all, though, it's been a really good week. Um, you and I got to get out of the house on a school night. We did. Oh, my God. After, Still. after bedtime. Yep. You know, um, we went o'clock. and saw, yes, the 8 o'clock Barbie movie. Yes. And I must say, I was pleasantly surprised at how good it was. Me too. But I was saying to you, I don't know if it's just because we were out of the house and we were like feeling elated. No, it definitely wasn't that. But, <laughs> but there was a lot of laughs. It was nostalgic for me because I did have a lot of Barbies growing up. Mm. Um, Kayla told me that she didn't have a lot of Barbies growing up, which I well, didn't I know remember. about you. Yeah, you mm. don't remember. Um, how? What Barbie would you be today if you were a Barbie? Oh, I was not expecting this question. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but we talked about this. I don't. I didn't know that there was multiple Barbies, Tara. I thought there was just a Barbie. <laughs> so wrong question, Well, wrong you person. could be any Barbie in the world. Just make one up. Okay, I'll There's be like, like weird Barbie. Like, how are you feeling? I'll be today? spiritual Barbie. Oh, you're feeling spiritual today. <laughs> yes. Yep. I'm chest infection Barbie. Oh God, you poor thing. So I do apologise because you might hear me cough throughout this episode a couple of times. But, but I, you did do very well not to. I did. I did. I held it in until the end where I nearly had a like heart attack. Yeah. But um, no, I'm I'm fine. Okay. Well, chest infection Barbie. Um, going back to <laughs> going back to the movie. It actually what yes. surprised me about it was that. I, I really didn't know what to expect going in. I had heard some like good reviews about it, but still didn't know if it was going to be like, you know, all about Barbie essentially and like what Barbie was for us as kids. Yeah. But what I loved about it was the deeper message. Oh my and God. I loved that it really touched on how it's, you know, the way the world's going. It can't just be this pure feminist movement yeah. because it will squash the men, the poor little things <laughs> and vice versa. It can't be the way it has been where it's all about being, you know, women yeah. being suppressed and oppressed and, oh, you know, and like so. the fact that I've heard so many men whinging about it saying it's like, you know, attack on them. Give me a break. And sorry, that just means that they lack awareness because it's actually exactly. the opposite. It actually liberates men and it's just for them to actually realize that their identity is not in women and vice versa. It's liberating yeah. for all people. And if you're triggered by the Barbie movie, that's on you. Reflect self-reflection because <laughs> something's going on there. Okay. It was a good movie. I had a lot like, and oh, but like, it was laughs. really powerful. Like when, yeah. um, you know, she was talking about, you know, women have to be thin, but not too thin. And you've, oh, so if you want to lose weight, you've got to be healthy. Like, it was just like that moment for me was like, wow, this mm. really like hits home. And keeping everyone happy. And, you know, yeah, it was just, I would highly recommend everyone see it. Yeah, if I thought it was adult, great. Don't go in with too much. Like it's not no, going to any, you know, any change expe- the world. Expectations. No, definitely not. But um, yeah, good great. watch. Any, anything else happened this week for you? Uh, the my, hot water My system. very pregnant friend. Yeah, your very pregnant friend with a chest infection, son who has got conjunctivitis, ear infection, my hot water system blew. The day I literally, like, this, this is actually wasn't people. sick. Stay with us. For the one day. Uh, so I sent him to daycare. And then I came home to, all I wanted to do was shave my legs and wash my hair because it had not been washed in like three weeks. It was disgusting. My legs were super hairy. I'm Who's like, that? it's winter. Well, yeah, and I'm and super pregnant. So I'm like, I need yeah. time. I need like really need to focus on this. So anyway, I hop in the shower, lather up my legs, and I'm like, God, that will like start the water. And what better timing? Like your kids at daycare. You've exactly. Got no one banging on the no, door. No, I'd already done the shopping, the cleaning. I was like, oh, made some pumpkin soup. I was, you, you know, all over it. Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I was organized Barbie that day. <laughs> anyway, my legs are lathered up. I'm like, this water is not getting any warmer. What is going on? Stop. And it didn't like oh get warmer. God. And I'm like in the shower, my hair's out, ready to wash. Lucky I did not put my hair under that water because I would have died. 
Look, I have heard that cold showers, well, I know for a fact cold showers are good for you. Yeah, so I know. I just but know I was in also that like, moment, it would have no. been gone from Nevada to like, <laughs> I don't know where the pits are held. Like, oh my God. <laughs> and usually I'm super hot and I'm sweating. So cold water, but I was like, no, I'm not having a cold shower today. I'm not doing it. So I had to shave my legs in the shower and have a cold like shower. I didn't wash my hair. Um, got out and noticed that the hot water system was gone. So, what are the chances? Come on. Oh, my God. Universe, I had to ring the real estate agent and get that all sorted. And so we didn't have hot water for two days. So we were, like, filling the kettle to run the bath. You did yeah. offer to, you know, you could. Yeah, you did, of course. But I was just, like, half the time. Like, you just went back to the cold. Like, the, there's nothing wrong with boiling the kettle. Well, I still had the kettle, so I shouldn't really complain. It's not electricity. <laughs> <laughs> we're not in the dark ages. <laughs> no, but oh, I do know God. that feeling of, like, when you have, like, just that sense of freedom for a second. Oh, my God. I And then cried. to be crushed. I would have cried. I 100% yeah. would have cried. I'm but if you don't, you know. You just got to laugh because if you don't laugh, then you cry and then I wouldn't have like, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's all good. I'm glad you got that out. Well, we might jump into today's episode because it was a big one. It was a big one, but it was just such a great conversation. We couldn't stop. No, like often, but um, I really do think this this is a really good conversation around, um, yeah, home birthing. And if you have any, you know, fears even just around labor and birth generally, like even if you're not home birthing, like it was just a very good insightful conversation. So yeah, let's go. That's it. We're chatting to a childhood friend of mine today, um, Caitlin, who is a midwife. So let's get into it. Let's do it. If you're based on the Gold Coast, Bump Southport offers a community for all women. Whether you're returning to or starting your fitness journey, Bump has something for you. Particularly if you're pregnant or postpartum. And Tara, should we mention that you can have a shower after a class and even wash your hair while your kid is in the creche? And Kayla, don't worry about a towel because they supply them, as well as tea and coffee, and you can drink it while it's hot. I know, this sounds all too good to be true, but head on over to Bump Southport and check them out for yourself. Hi everyone and welcome, Caitlin. Hi. Hi guys, it's great to be here. We are so excited to have you here. So Caitlin is a midwife and she's also um, a friend of mine from 100 years ago, not that we're that old, No, Uh, but we went to high school together. I may have set her and Brenton, who is my partner, up when we were younger, (laughs) back in the day, because I thought they were very well suited to each other. Oh. Turns out they're not. <laughs> well, luckily, quite worked out worked that out way. Well. Yes, and Caitlin's also a mum of two. And not only are you a midwife, but you had two home births, and we're so excited to get into the conversation today about oh, those yeah. and everything else. Well, well, yes, I love talking about all things early motherhood, birth, pregnancy. It's such an awesome part of our lives, and it's great to have that chat about it. So could you start off, I guess, I mean, I just told you like our background, but a bit about your background and how you got into midwifery. Midwifery, yeah. Well, it was actually super random. Like a lot of people, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Yep. Um, but <laughs> then, I feel that. Yeah. Like I wanted to swim with the dolphins for a career. <laughs> I literally um, remember writing that in my journal in like grade six when I was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yep. That is the only reason why I didn't know what a marine biologist was, but swim with the dolphins, yes. Uh, I was a zoologist. I went like a step further. I'm like, I'm going to be a zoologist. I don't even know what it is. It's so funny, isn't it? But, um, yeah, my careers advisor pointed out that I wasn't really good at biology, and I'm like, damn. Rude. So rude. Um, My auntie said, you're really organised. Why don't you be a nurse? I was like, okay. So I wanted to be a photographer, and I got, you know, you put in your studio portfolio, and um, that got rejected. So then it was nurse. That was what was left. And I'll be honest, I absolutely hated nursing mm, and wow. um, in oh, hated it so much. Really? Loved the uni, like had lots of fun partying and stuff at uni yeah. and um, <laughs> did, a, did a couple of months overseas and it was all fun. But actually working as a nurse, I hated it. But 
where I did my grad year, they're like, oh, you might be suited to midwifery. And I did like um, four months in a postnatal ward on a private hospital. And I'm like, oh, I love this. And then, yes, I went and did it at uni and then found the public hospital system. And I was just absolutely sold and loved it. Loved learning about midwifery. Like was such a nerd. You know, I just Mm -hmm. passed all my nursing subjects, hated it. And midwifery, I got like high distinction because I just found it so interesting and I enjoyed it. And so I was lucky, really. I fell into it, but I you know, I've really found my passion and absolutely love it. So what's the difference? So when you study nursing, what else do you have to do to become a midwife after you, you do that? You have to do another year of uni, basically, full-time okay. year. Or, um, it's interesting because you can do a bachelor of midwifery now where you're where you're only a midwife and not a nurse. Oh, really? But, but hmm. if, if anyone's thinking about going down that path, it's if you do midwifery, it's three years, and then if you want to be a nurse, you have to do another three years. Whereas mm. if you if you're a nurse first, and then it's just another year of midwifery. Wow! And, and you've got yeah. all your other options in nursing. So you know, I could go into palliative or oncology, or if I ever got yep. sick, you know, mental health. If I ever got yeah. sick of midwifery, there's lots and maternal and child health nursing. Um, yep. If you're not a nurse as well, you can't do that. So mm-hmm. it keeps your options open if you do nursing as well. Even though I didn't love nursing. Yeah, um, it has been a, it has been very good for me. I was probably lucky that it took me that way. I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so leading up to so you're a midwife, and then you when you fell pregnant with Lockie, how did that influence how you were going to birth after seeing all these amazing births? Mm. Like, how you did know, that- that's such a good question. And I, um, you know, as soon as I became a midwife. From a nursing perspective, before I was a midwife, I always thought I'd have all the drugs, like absolutely knock yep. me out, never want to feel it, right? <laughs> and then you learn about midwifery and you're just like, wow, our bodies are sensational. Our bodies are built to do this. And you get a bit of a different um, pathway if you have lots of drugs, I guess. Yep. You know what I mean? It, yep. it certainly starts the cascade of intervention and things like that. And so from that perspective, I'm like, well, I would love to do it as naturally as possible, which before I was a midwife, I never thought like that. So once you're a midwife, I thought like that. And then once you see, so I've been a midwife, talking about being 100 years old, 15 <laughs> years. Really? Like, yeah, it's when I was, um, wow. yeah, 2008, wow. I did it. And I, that, yeah, I just actually can't believe that. <laughs> so I know. Not that old. We're not nearly 40. What do you want about? Life. I know. Aside right. from the age, that's like such an amazing amount of experience in the field. Like, it really is. All that you would have witnessed and seen, aside from your yes. own births, just going through all that would have been incredible. Yeah. Well, so I guess I got long service leave just when I was pregnant with Lockie, to be honest, because I was working in the hospital system and you see a wide variety of complications and things like that. And I thought just for my, I just want to be a pregnant mum. I want to distance myself from that while I'm pregnant. So I took my long service leave. So I, when I was um, birthing Lockie, I was, I'd been 10 years in the industry yeah. and for the 22 weeks, I took long service leave and finished off my maternal and child health. So um, I did that purposefully though, because I just, I just want to be a pregnant mom. I didn't yeah. want to, you know, I think when you're seeing all the complications every day, you just sort of, you get scared a bit. Yeah. Um, whereas I, I think I you're heightened anyway, mm-hmm. like, being pregnant, yeah. your heightened awareness to everything that's kind of going on. Yeah, um, your emotions and all yeah, that sort of Yeah, definitely. Thing. Yes, yes. So, yeah, now I've totally forgotten what the tangent. Sorry, I'm like- I got it. I know because I went into it and just like <laughs> sidetracked you. Sorry there. 
So, oh, my birth. So yeah, Rocky's we, yeah. birth. Yeah. About how you did, like, yeah, got into Why decided I decided, yeah. So I always knew, once once I became a midwife, I always knew that I wanted, like, a low risk. Ideally, if I was low risk, yeah. um, that I'd want to have as minimal intervention as possible. So I was really lucky. I was low risk. I stayed low risk. Mm-hmm. I worked at a hospital that did a public home birth program. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So we're so lucky. Do they do that up Where is that? No. no. Where, where about heard this? Of do you know like there's based, three like, public state? hospitals in Victoria? I think the Royal Women's is about to do a public um, home birth program. Mm-hmm. Casey or somewhere over the other side, Box Hill, I think, maybe. Not sure, mm-hmm. but somewhere over the other side do it. And um, and Western Health do it. They were the leaders. Amazing. Wow. My current midwife was saying um, that there's a lot of changes coming now with a lot of that. Oh. So maybe it is coming into Queensland. Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's so interesting because there's lots of research on it that uh, – outcomes for women and babies have been outstanding for yeah. in the public hospital and and so you have to be really low risk so you're monitored really closely it's not like you know you, sc- you they bring oxygen to your home they've got the drugs there if you hemorrhage yeah um, they always have a good relationship with the local ambulance so that you can get to hospital quickly you have to live within 30 minutes of the hospital there's lots of boxes you okay. have to tick. okay because that was my um, question it's like if yeah. you decided like one day you want to have home birth what are the steps mm. you kind of take? Mm. But I guess if you went through a program, that would be a lot more helpful. But. Definitely. Yeah. And there are lots of options. Like private midwifery is an option. Um, it just costs a lot of money. Okay. Mm. So, yeah. It's like $5,000, I think, for a home birth, a private yeah, home birth. I was really into it when I was pregnant with Elliot. Oh, did you? Um, yeah, I did because I was, um, I guess I was a bit the same. Like when I started looking into what our bodies do and how they're actually made to birth, mm. I was like, oh, and looked into cascade of intervention and how, like common it is to be intervened with and then how mm. it unfolds. I looked into it, but looked at definitely the price being one thing. Yeah, um, especially when you're about to have a baby, you're like, I need to save all the money oh, I can. Yeah. yeah, and then I also found for me personally, like um, the fear set in, like of the unknown. Like I had a very mm. low-risk pregnancy too, but mm. um, yeah, it was definitely, I'd love to chat more about that around like what some misconceptions are around with uh, with home birth because obviously yeah. being in a society where it is more normalised to birth in hospital, yeah. you mm. feel like you're going way off you know, into this unknown abyss. world, the abyss. Um, and, yeah, I'd love to know, yeah, what are some misconceptions that are often talked about when it comes with to home birth? Yeah, so people think it's really unsafe. Mm. And the latest research, and I thought, oh, God, I probably should get all the papers out for this podcast, and which I probably can do, but um, it's safer for women to birth in a at home for women not we don't really know for babies yet but for women the outcomes are better when they birth at home than when they birth in a hospital yeah, which is wow. just saying um yes. so you know episiotomy rate is obviously mm-hmm. lower you know cesarean section rate obviously but you know it transfers in is a big part of that like they look at how many women need to transfer in and all that sort of stuff and it's really low yeah um and i think because you um when you look at what a good environment is to succeed in having labour and birth. It's quiet and undisturbed. Yeah. And no matter how good your hospital is, it can't pull off, you know, that feeling. Yeah. We do beautiful things like, you know, fairy lights in the room and dim the room and all that sort of stuff. But that going into hospital when you're in labour, like mm. that just disturbs it a bit. You can definitely get back in there with all the right preparation. And yeah, but yeah, I'm just so grateful to be able to get into labour and stay in my own environment, not, yeah. not have to get in the car. And I'm, yeah. you know, with Leo, I wouldn't have made it. So we would have had a, you know, birth on the side of the freeway sort yeah. of thing. 
just, yeah, like, so it's just so, yeah, quiet and undisturbed. And I'll, I remember in my midwifery training, our lecturer saying, like, how do cats have kittens? You know, they find the darkest, quietest cupboard in the house. They go mm-hmm. there and they have their babies. Yeah. And I, that just stuck in my head. And I actually <laughs> laboured in our walking robe. Like, oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> And I think it's from that analogy. Yeah. But also my partner's uh, parents are from Scotland and they were staying with us. Oh, wow. And the plan was always for them to go to my parents' house when I started labouring. Obviously, I didn't want his parents there for the birth. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, good on people that can do that. But I really wanted to no, do that. Same. Yeah. No yeah, even, yeah, just really quiet and undisturbed. I just wanted to be on my own. Yeah. But then, yeah, I did things really cracked on. I'm like, oh, the parents need to go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so oh our walking robe really did, 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 um, yeah, worked a treat for me. So, so that just was... that quiet, undisturbed environment. Mm. And was that with your first son? Yeah, that was with Lockie. Yeah. With Lockie. Yeah. So, can you tell us about mm. that home birth? Like, yeah. So, you decided you wanted to birth at home. What did that end up looking like? Yeah. So, um, the midwife comes and visits you at home at 36 and 38 weeks. And um, I think she came and visited me around my due date and I got, I really got a bit of fear then. I hadn't felt any, but I was just like, you know, I've got this big belly. I can feel him moving. I just want to meet him. I don't care anymore. Like I don't care. Yeah. I'd been so attached to this home birth and all of a sudden I was like, I just want my son here safely. Um, and she was great. And um, I'm a big fan of continuity of care and knowing your midwife. And so she knew me, she knew my wishes and wants, and she knew that this was probably just that, you know, fear kind of, you know, so she just talked me through it and yeah. I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, I've, why have I made these decisions and um, yeah. you know, I wanted, I really wanted it. And so, yeah, so uh, that day we had, I had a really good chat with her and um, a really lovely dinner, like, you know, just feeling all the feels. I walked my dogs, the sun yeah. was setting, I could feel cramping and I was just like, oh, this could be it, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so where and were I, you? Like how far along were you at this stage? I was 40 and I think three days. Okay, yeah. Like three days over. Yep. And, um, yeah, yeah, I just thought, oh, this is it. You know, I just had to. And then, but I I, I was conscious of um, how long early labour can take with your first child. So I just didn't say anything to anyone. Yeah. And I just kind of, you know, we played Yahtzee and cards with Stuart's um Stuart's parents oh, that's so and funny. I was like rocking on the birthing ball which I had been doing for the last couple of weeks anyway so yep. yeah then like I had a shower and I tried to lie down and go to bed and I couldn't and um it was just all ramping up and so I got the birthing ball and went into my uh walk-in robe and was listening yep. to Pearl Jam actually thanks oh really to- <laughs> That's hilarious. That's how she got through her labour. Oh, that's so funny. And I was just like, yeah, right, sweet. So I was just like singing and had my headphones on and just in my own little world. And then all of a sudden it was just like, oh, this is out of control. Yeah. And um, as a midwife, I checked myself and um, I was only three centimetres. And this was at 3 a.m. And I'm like, I can't call my midwife in the middle of the night for three centimetres. Like that's ridiculous. And so I said to Stuart, I'm like, your parents have to go. I'm really starting to struggle. He goes, oh, you're fine. You're being quiet. And then I just screamed like yeah. a swear word. Yeah. And I was like, they need to go. You need and to see so me angry. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when I called my mum to tell them that um, my in-laws were going to their house, she's like, Kate, don't you think you should call the midwife? And I was like, no, I'm three centimetres. She goes, you yeah. sound really like, you know, you're in the throes of labour. I'm like. I'm the midwife, mum. Yeah. <laughs> I got this. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, so I didn't call the midwife. And then at 4.30 I said to Stuart, 
um, I don't want to do this anymore. Let's just go and get an epidural. And she yeah. was like, what? <laughs> because I think I'll call the midwife first. And I was like, no, because I knew she wouldn't yeah, be yeah. okay with that plan. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, no, nah, I'm going to call call the midwife. So he called the midwife and in she came. And by that time I was sitting on the toilet like, you know, you just, as yeah. you girls know, it's like full on. I'm mm-hmm. just like, geez, Louise, yeah. what have I got myself into here? There's no options. I want yep. something. <laughs> this is terrible. Had I birthed in a hospital at that moment, I 110% would have had some drugs. 100%. Really? Yeah. God. I was like, this is the worst, you know, <laughs> I'm dying. This, and, and it's, but it's so funny because she came in and, you guys might know there's something called transition when women are mm. eight to 10 centimeters and you absolutely lose it. So yeah. that was my transition. But in my head, I was like, but I'm only three centimeters. Yeah. So. <laughs> you lost track of time. Oh my God. But did thankfully... you use an app or anything? Like, or because nah, I, actually I did Tara. I did. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, and even they were always so short. My yeah. contractions. Wow. So I just expected them, you know, it, as a public hospital midwife, we say, you know, they need to be three to four in 10 lasting more than 60 seconds. And yep. that was definitely not my pattern at all. So I really thought, you know, the baby's not in a good position. Like I had, I was all, all the transition stuff, completely doubting all my decisions, my ability yep. to burn. It was over. Oh, oh no. Thank God the midwife came, you know, so she got there at 5 a.m. And she was amazing. And I was like, check me because I'm three centimetres and we need to go. This is not, I'm not doing this all day. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And she goes, you're fully dilated. He's on his way. And I was like, oh. you know. Oh, wow. So, so you went pretty quick from five. three centimetres. So quick. Or, yeah. I'm, I really think I was three centimetres, but maybe I was a bit in Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but it was it definitely, I mean, it was five at absolute most. But, um. Yeah. yeah. So she came at five and then they filled up the birth pool and then I was just being all weird. Stuart said it was like really crazy drunk Caitlin sort of thing. Really? <laughs> I remember that. Do you remember that? I remember that. And I remember I didn't want to get in the birth pool and the whole time all I wanted was a water birth and I didn't want to get in. And I was putting like oh, my wow. fingers in but for the contractions but not my body. Just weird. Like, oh, wow. That's crazy. Back, I was, yeah, I was crazy. I was absolutely out of my body and I'd lost all sense of control. Yeah. And was total like wild animal. But then when I got in the pool, it was amazing. I was just like, yeah, that was heaven. And and he came out like 10 minutes later. So. Amazing. Wow. That's Did like your body just, sorry. Sounds like a dream birth. Oh, wow. It yeah. was. Did your body you know do the pushing or did you help? No, yeah, just, no, I just, uh, yeah, he just did it. And wow. in hindsight, at 5 a.m. I was kind of pushing, you know, like it was that involuntary like yep. heaving sort of noise, you know. <laughs> yeah, animalistic like. Yeah. yeah, it's very animalistic. And, you know, my playlist, like the perfect song was playing. I was looking out. The sun was coming up. He was born at like 6.03 on a summer's day. Oh. My two dogs were sitting at the at the door just looking at me I'm just like this is freaking this is everything I ever wanted and I just felt so so happy to have achieved it it was the best and yeah it was awesome because like my dad was so petrified that something was going to go wrong yeah and when I called him and he's like I'm like a baby's here and he's like so you, he goes where are you and I'm like on my couch he goes so you had him at home you were on your couch and I'm oh like yeah <laughs> that is just like that's what happens so I find like I remember when I was going through with me like not uh, we kind of already <coughs> made the de- well we had already made the decision we were going to birth at hospital but when we were going through our hypnobirthing course with our private doula my husband and I were having these really like very like um 
questioning our choice being like oh do we really want a birth at the hospital but then whenever i tried to speak to anyone everyone was kind of like but what if something goes wrong but what if Mm. something goes wrong and like that Mm. always sat with me so it's Mm. interesting that you said that as well that the people around you some of them were still that way but then able to still yeah have Mm. a birth at home yeah it's funny because the women like my mom and my mother-in-law were just like this is great go you Mm -hmm. but i think men don't have that understanding of what our bodies can do and what like, you know, I was I was just so wrapped that all the women around me were 110% in my corner. Yeah, that's good. Stuart, Stuart, my partner, was really, you know, he's like, yep, 100%, which was great. I, yeah. I find that's really tough for a lot of women because obviously it's his baby as well and you've got to make yeah. that together. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, I love women who reach out to me often and be like, oh, have you got any, I've got like a few papers and things saved about the safety around home birth and how I think, free births can be unsafe mm-hmm. yeah um because you don't have your backups there if something goes wrong yeah um but um home birth it, with a midwife especially affiliated with a public hospital they've got yeah. all your history you go in you know if something needs to be done they'll be able to do it really really quickly so yeah and so mm-hmm. did you do the delayed claw clawed i can't speak <laughs> the delayed cord clamping <laughs> I did, yeah, yeah, and a physiological third stage. So, oh, did you? Okay, yeah, I did, yeah. I did. But very happy to, um, you know, if I needed an active third stage, like if there was bleeding or any signs that I needed it, I was happy to have it. But yeah, actually, it all came out really quickly. Did it? Mm. See, that was I must admit in hospital that was my fear, and that was the first time I had anything. Is when they're like, "What do you want to do with the placenta?" And I was like, "Well, the baby's out." Like we did the delayed cord clamping. I'm like, can we just get the placenta out? Like I was like, give yeah. me the needle in my leg, yeah. get it out, uh, which I did. Because in my head I'm like, what if this placenta takes hours to come out? Like I was a bit scared about that. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. And can it take, like is it usually that kind of thing, like the placenta on its own? Can it take hours? Yeah. It can, yeah, but it shouldn't, I don't okay. think. Okay. I don't think. It's really hard because like hospital policy, it should be out within an hour. Mm. Okay. But you've got, I mean, you know, with midwifery and obstetrics and all that, you've got like you just two absolute opposite ends. Yeah. Where you'd ask some people and they'd say, oh, you know, you can get it out in three minutes with your oxytocin and you can control, so why wouldn't you? Mm. And then your other end with don't interfere at all. You shouldn't yeah. cut the cord. You shouldn't disturb the mother and baby unit and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I sort of sit somewhere in the middle. Well, centres are annoying. The cord is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted it out and over with as soon as possible too, to be honest. Yeah. I'll never forget with my second, my midwife was like, why don't you just stand up and pull on it? I'm like, oh. Oh, my God. Stop. (laughs) Tell me, did you do it? And it was just like, yeah, because I could feel whether it was coming, whether I needed to stop. Whether you know what I mean? Wow! I can't even like I'm and, just imagining that I can't sensation. Imagine. I can. I feel like you would know that, like you're saying, you would be able to get the tension yeah. in your body. You'd know if it was like yeah. ready or not. Yeah, wow. and wow. it's just so part of me as I evolve as a midwife and a woman, mm. and even that birth, um, my second birth, where well, we get we can get into that, but yeah, basically, I want to hear about it came yeah. so quickly. So I went to bed that night. It wasn't happening. Like. You know, he was, I was 39 weeks. Yeah. Like you girls, I had a toddler who had had gastro that week. Oh, oh my God. And so I got up at 12.30, I woke up with stomach pain and I'm like, God, 39 weeks with gastro, this is a night. And then an hour later I was like, oh, I don't know if this is gastro. This could be like, 
And so I woke Stuart up at 1.37 to be exact. We called Kai, my midwife, I shouldn't say. Uh, we called my midwife at 1.45 and um, Leo was out at 2, 2.12. Whoa. So it was what? so fast. It was mental. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you think that you were in labour longer but because how hectic everything was at home with your gastro and having a toddler that maybe you didn't realise? I know that you're a midwife. I was asleep. Like I was literally, wow. I went to bed that night. I, I woke up at 12.30 like to go to the toilet and then I was like, I can't really go back to sleep. My tummy sore and I had, you know, had loose stools. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I was, I was like, oh, great, I've got, I've got gastro, amazing. And then I sort of went out to the living room and sort of tried to make myself comfortable and then I thought, oh, no, this is this is maybe labour. These are getting a bit regular. This, You know the tummy cramps when you have gastro? And I know it's yeah, different. No, I'm a midwife. Yeah, I yeah. should have known better. <laughs> but, yeah, I just thought, nah. And then, yeah, so then it just all happened and I just could not believe it. From the minute I woke Stuart oh. up, it was just rocket. Oh. And then he's setting up the birth pool and my water's broke and I'm just like, <gasps> we don't have time for anything. And I was always scared. So the research around the outcomes for babies, this might have changed now, but back then it was like it's definitely safer for the mum, but the babies we're not sure because obviously yeah. you can't incubate a baby at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's no pediatricians and all that sort of stuff. Whereas at hospital, if anything happens to your baby, it's, you know, there's people mm-hmm. that respond straight away. So I was yeah. always a bit worried about, you know, if the midwives aren't there, not having oxygen, mm-hmm. having to resuscitate my baby or something horrible. Yeah. But when my water's broken. I realized that it was just going to be me and Stuart there. Um, my Leo moved and wiggled and I was like, I know he's going to be fine. It was wow. so, and so I think um, back to what we were saying as a woman, as a mum, as a midwife, if you're really in tune with your own body, you actually don't need anybody. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you will be the first one to know if something's wrong and you will get the help you need. Yeah. I think. Okay. And that's all through pregnancy. If you can really tune in, like meditate, really feel your body and your baby and connect. I just feel like that is everything. That is mm-hmm. safety because you know. Yeah. But take it also puts a lot of pressure on women too, which I don't want to do that either. But I, I must just admit think- this time around I did like I mm. really was thinking about like every two hours you got to feel them, you know, do so many movements and like every baby is so different. And this yeah. time around, I feel like the baby's different to how Bo was. Like the movements are a lot bigger. They're not as like little as Bo's were. Or maybe that's just me knowing more. Um, but I must have, because I went to the hospital one night thinking that there had been reduced movement. The Bo mm-hmm. was really sick that day. And I think I just hadn't had a minute to focus on myself. And then I was trying to yeah. drink the cold water and drink sugar. And I was waiting. I'm like, I can't mm-hmm. feel anything. Mind you, I got to the hospital. And by the time I got through to see them, they monitored me. The baby was doing backflips like it was in a freaking <laughs> circus show. But they like it happens all the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it is. It's like you can have that fear too of like, oh my god, it's been two hours and I haven't felt it. Or well, I've got a toddler. Have I felt it? Like, yeah. But do you know what? Too, I just listened to your episode on SIDS. It wasn't on SIDS, but yeah, talking about like safe sleeping and co-sleeping and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And um, I just think sometimes we have done a real disservice to women and babies about the fear that we've put in around certain practices that are so good for mothers and babies. And even the movements thing, like 
you have to feel this much, this, you know, like it's too, yeah, I feel yeah. like it's too much and it makes like me so scared. Yeah. And all those parameters, yeah. like, and you would obviously know being a midwife, like with how in hospital, like you were saying, you know, with the placenta, it needs to be birthed within an hour. And it's like all these markers and containers that you've got to fall mm. into when realistically every woman, every baby is different. And I was much the same in my pregnancy with Elliot, um, with the movements. And it was actually looking back, his pattern just changed. Like as mm. he grew, like he was still yes. moving, but the pattern yes. changed and it wasn't mm. about having this like, yeah, that he's got a certain amount of movements and an amount of time. But mm. again, it instills that fear. And I think that, like you just mentioned, the fear that is within our society around birth, mm. it is so strong. And I yeah. even for me, yeah. again, in my journey, I had, um, I was positive for uh, group B strep. Um, mm. And I have done an episode on this, but um that for me, when I looked into all the research, like I'm someone who will dive right in and find it all myself, the percentage of the the strep being actually mm-hmm. like transferred to the baby is so low, oh, but that oh. like little seed of fear was so massive in my head mm-hmm. like, and of mm-hmm. the consequence of the what if. And mm-hmm. I feel like when, for any other woman that's out there that gets very much like you're, you can be in your body and you can be trusting of your body, but then having those little plant, like those little seeds of fear mm-hmm. along the way, is there anything that you can share that might help women to kind of differentiate that fear and intuition and mm. finding that like peace and harmony yeah. within both? It's such a good question because I often think if I had children when I wanted them, I'll be honest, like I'm one of those, um, you know, as a 12-year-old girl, I was like, I want to be a mum, you know, <laughs> always. Would have loved to have had kids in my 20s, but didn't quite work out that way. Didn't quite meet the right <laughs> And I'm so grateful it did because I did a lot of like internal work uh, mm-hmm you know, what's important to you and how to filter out the noise and all that sort of stuff. But I think in midwifery it's, and, you know, women often only start looking into it when they get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And by then it's like it's it's quite hard to do a lot of that work, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but definitely continuity of care and knowing your midwife, I think, yeah. because um, having a, a midwife, they'll just filter through all the stuff. Like with Group B Strep, Kayla, when you were saying that, in the UK, they don't routinely test for group B strep. Yeah. I, I me make my decision about mm. not testing and they test symptomatically. So if you have a yeah. fever, if you have an abnormal discharge, if, mm. you know, anything, then they'll treat you with antibiotics. And so I was totally up for that if I became unwell and had a yeah. fever or whatever, 100%. I'm so grateful for medicine mm-hmm. in those circumstances. But, yeah, women are completely overtreated. Totally. Um, for a totally transient bacteria that yep. even if it is there at 36 weeks, probably not going to be there at 40 weeks. Like so and, annoying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that was the thing. Like it wasn't even that um, it, when I was doing the research, I was reading that. Like I went to Troy, my husband, and I was like, oh, in the UK, they don't even test. Like, so basically like it doesn't even matter. And also like I had read that like you can do a test and then because it is that like it's a cyclical bacteria, essentially, like it grows and it dies and it grows and dies. Like mm. you could test today and be negative and tomorrow you could test and be positive and vice versa. Like it's yeah. all, it changes. So mm. yeah. And I, again like just because of the way that our system is in Australia I didn't even get asked to be tested I was tested at like eight weeks um I'd gone through some other stuff but essentially it came back in a swab and then it was like the obstetrician I was seeing at the time um I've talked about this before I was doing shared care so I saw a private obstetrician but birth through the private of the public hospital on the Gold Coast and as you were just saying before about continuity of care for the midwife second time around it's 100 percent what i I focus on over having continuity of care with an obstetrician yeah um because the midwives play such a huge role and if i had have had someone like you 
kind of reaffirming my positive well my intuitive thoughts around it because I was thinking exactly that like surely this can't be that big a deal and it's hard like that's where I'm lucky because I got into the mid midwife group mm. like led program again mm. and I'm just so thankful and but yeah. it's hard to get into like people oh, so are like clamoring over people to get into it which is yeah you're shame they don't have more funding because mm. it is like my I'm looking forward to birthing I'm like actually mm. looking forward to giving birth the second time around because I'm just like my midwife is so positive and I'm positive and I've been doing the Mm -hmm. hypnobirthing course and learning about how bodies are actually meant to like release the oxytocin and Mm -hmm. sometimes it's the Mm -hmm. adrenaline that takes over and you're actually meant to you know not feel that much pain um and I think I can yeah after the first birth I'm like Mm -hmm. I know things that I want to do now and put in place and I'm like really Mm -hmm. looking forward to it and the midwife has made all the difference but it's mm. funny because like when you're younger you think the doctors are like everything like oh there's always doctors who deliver the babies Mm. and but it's I've never seen a doctor like in the room. It was like midwives. Yeah. 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 It's really interesting. Um, and continuity of care is the gold standard of care. So there's loads of paper on that. Papers, yeah. sorry, lots of research. And it's better outcomes for babies too. So that's crazy. But I think it's yeah. because women are encouraged to trust their bodies, tune in, and let us know if there's something wrong. Yeah. And I love that. Women and mums, as a as a maternal child health nurse too, it's like your mums, you know, like, you know, you're the first person to know if there's something off with your child yeah. and we're here to support you and get the, the resources that you need if there is something wrong. Yeah. And that's why like, I love private midwifery. I'm not, I, I'm not sure if my career will go that way. Having two young kids, it's just too hard to even think about. Yeah. Um, but even like some of the private midwives I know, and you know, you follow on the gram and all that sort of stuff. And they're just yeah. doing amazing things for women where, just offering all the choices. There's private midwives. I think they're in Brisbane as well where that you can have a home birth or you, they'll follow you into the hospital. Okay. Like, um, But, that's again, that's at a cost. So yeah. um, the public-funded system, I think um, there's different numbers in Australia, but it's like, you know, 5% of women will get that continuity of care with a midwife wow. under the Medicare system. So, so it needs to be, that needs to be so higher. That's yeah. just, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Mm. that's unbelievable I didn't that's like a really low number yeah I'm like ticking through like all my choices of like (laughs) when I went through it the first time like yeah how I like hired a private doula like which again I don't think that's not a like it's not that it's a um a good or a bad thing but realistically Mm. looking back if I was choosing to birth in a hospital would have made more sense to have had continuity care with a midwife yes (laughs) realistically yeah you know what I mean like all this stuff you think on second time around definitely (laughs) yeah it's really hard too because in all honesty if I had a a risk factor if I was high risk I would have wanted a private obstetrician too you know what I mean like yeah yeah if you're having some sort of, you know, like surgery, if you're having a cesarean section, they're amazing mm. at that. Or, yeah. you know, even a forceps or vacuum delivery, that's probably the hardest thing about birthing in a hospital. Uh, you don't know the doctor that's going to show up on the day. And, mm. you know, they're trained and amazing and there's, yes. you yeah. know, whatever. But it is, you've got your midwife there as well, which is awesome. But, yeah, yeah it's hard. Like I, I can, under, that choice for women and when you don't even know a lot when you fall pregnant, it's so hard. Yeah, totally. Can I ask a question yeah. for a friend? Hint, hint. Yeah. Um, so if, if someone's had a cesarean first time round, so I had emergency <laughs> Caesar, um, being a midwife and knowing about home birth, home birth, home birth, home birth, um, is does it make is it off the cards to do a VBAC at home if you have had a cesarean? Definitely not, but depending on the system. So yes. Um, a publicly funded hospital probably wouldn't do a VBAC at home because mm-hmm. they would want um, continuous monitoring, IV drip, 
mm-hmm. um, increased risk of bleeding and things like that. Um, but there's definitely private practicing midwives that do VBACs at home. Cool. Good to know. Yeah. Julie, mm. that's interesting. <laughs> I'll, I'll really study to be a doula and come with you. Thank you, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> Would you want a VBAC, Kayla? Do you know? Uh, look, uh, yes. Like 100% yeah. yes. Uh, definitely yeah. I have that fear, like that little, and it's mm. just really good even though we're having this conversation now to be to remind myself of the noise because it's just noise. It's the like, yeah. you know, oh, the what ifs that happen, yeah. you know, but mm. definitely would, oh, 100%. Like mm. the birth that I had was not what I had intended or planned, but I can yep. see how it was definitely nothing to do with fault of my body or anything like that. It was fully just the cascade of intervention yeah. that yeah. unfolded. Um, yes. Because you so, got to four centimetres. I did listen to your birth story, mm. but it was a little while ago. Yeah, so it was induction. Um, um, so my waters broke. Well, my hind waters broke. So I had a leak, mm. like a slow leak for a few days, but I was positive for group B strep. So, like, yeah. again, if yeah. I wasn't positive, mm. I would have just let myself be, like, you know, let it be. Yeah. But it, it was that it niggle of the am I positive at this point? And I've mm. been having tests for, like, weeks. Like, I had, um, I was having tests, like, every two weeks for the group B strep. Right. My obstetrician was like, yep, yeah, let's just test every two weeks and then you'll know what to do when you go into labour. It kind of made it worse because I was like, mm. oh, I don't even know. But, um but yeah, I Were definitely. Were you positive all those times, just out of curiosity? No. I was and I wasn't. Like I was yeah. and I wasn't and I was. So yeah. it was, it was like, it was yeah. like, yeah. 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 So, yeah. I mean, look, I look back and I, um, having this conversation actually has been very good to just remind me to go back to my intuition and just, you know, yeah, yeah really go back to yeah. that. But definitely second time around, if that is to be, I would, yeah, 100% would never, um, personally would never choose to have a cesarean um, planned. Especially. Yeah. Like, obviously. Like in I've said where, too, like, like yeah, you have sometimes yeah, there are like, situations where you have to have And the it. situation I was in, like I was induced, I didn't progress, and I don't yeah. look at that as like, oh, I didn't progress because my body was incapable. The induction was insane. Like yeah. It's, yeah. your body's just not meant to birth that way. Mm-hmm. And my midwife, again, was blessed at the day that like she was actually so great in the sense of like she slowed it all down and went as slow as possible with the syntocin and we mm-hmm. did all that we could, but like it just didn't go that way and mm-hmm. needed to have the cesarean. Like that was... Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I and again, I've talked about it before. And I think I talked about it in my um, birth story that um, that episode we did that I had a bit of a map, so like I knew, yeah. you know, that that if I was to be in an induction, there was a high risk of having a cesarean. So yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, look, um, yeah, wouldn't choose though to have one mm. if you know if by choice just to get them out quick or anything. You know, people have to uh, for all different reasons. But yeah, mm-hmm. to answer simply, yes, yeah. I would definitely it's do a hard road. back. It's a hard road. Cesarean oh. like it is, and an induction is a hard road. Yeah, yeah. From what I've seen, to be really honest, if someone came at me with syntocin and drip, I'd be like, "Get me a drill." Oh, yeah. so, no, you're so right. Actually, you are so. You are actually right. I would say that too. I had I because again, I was like, I'm "Gonna do the induction." I remember being on the phone to the private obstetrician, being like, "What are the chances of me having this induction and doing it without an epidural?" He was like, "Yeah, women definitely do it." There's no way. I wish I had have just been so much easier on myself and just been like, give me that because, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. Not, a, not a vibe, <laughs> not yeah. fun. It's but, um, just such a different contraction pattern, a synthetic mm. a synthetic hormone versus your natural hormone. You can just see it in women's faces. Like mm-hmm. you're not having the whole, um, the beautiful uh, 
what's it called? Like all the hormones there to help you. Yeah. They're not quite ready yet. It sounds like your body just wasn't quite ready. No, it Mm. wasn't. And I even look at Mm -hmm. Elliot, like when he was pulled out of the cesarean and like the photo, Yeah. and I talk about it often, it's still the face when he cries now. It's like this really like, what the F is happening to me? Like, why am I out of this? Like, what is going on? I was not ready. I was not ready for this. I did not instigate Yeah, because he did have this on his way because he had his little cone. Yeah, he had his cone head and he was just like, ah! Yeah. That's so cute. Yeah, but, but on yeah. that, I feel like I have to say, no matter how they come out, no matter how you do it, how precious is that moment? Oh, like, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah, totally. that's everything. Nothing that's takes everything. away from that's that. That's it. And that's the thing. Nothing takes away from mm. that. Yeah. It's that's it. That's why I'm a midwife. That's why I love my job. Yeah. There's this awesome saying, and like, you know, I don't care if you have an elective cesarean section or if you birth in the forest with a deer under a tree. <laughs> I care that you had choices and that your choices were supported. And that like that, that sums yeah. up my midwifery completely. Like I've got a um, you know, friends around, sister-in-law that is just so medical. Like yeah. so and she doesn't even want to talk to me because she's like, You're the home birth lady. But I'm yeah. like, no. no. Like, yeah. um, the system actually needs more to have choices. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Can I say even for that. me, you were so helpful. Like I remember when I fell pregnant with Bo. Like you reached out to me and were just like, if you need anything, let me know. And like we went back and forth. If I even looked back, I mean, there'd be a million messages because every time I had a question, I'd just be like, oh, hey, Kate. Um, mm. And you were just so helpful in like for me having a positive birth the first time around too. And I just want to thank you for that. Oh, pleasure. I, I love it. And I love it when people reach out to me. I had like someone from high school that we really, she wasn't in our group or anything. Yeah. But she's like, Outsider. oh, I you had a home birth and I'm thinking of a home birth. And she was like, how do you deal with the with the haters? How do you deal with people that think you shouldn't have it? Because I've got lots of, you know, my in-laws, lots of, of people telling me that I shouldn't. And so I just, I always have these papers that I reel off, like yeah. Instagram <laughs> things that I fought. I'm like, try, show them this. And at the yeah. end of the day, just you and your partner is really all that matters. Yeah. So yeah. with Leo, can I ask, because I'm like, mm. you were obviously the first one with Lockie, you were saying that transition period was really hard. Leo mm. came so quick. Did you mm. feel any pain or was he just like slipped out? I feel so bad about saying this. It was like a non-event. Like, wow. No. You, I, second time around I had my birth affirmations. Like, yeah, so that's I still me right prepared now. my body. Yeah, like, and it was just, what did it, it was so weird. The last, like once the waters broke, I felt pressure. Yeah. It wasn't really pain. Mm. But I remember going like, oh, baby, oh, baby. Like, yeah. And then I'm like, oh, we we got this, we got this. Like, yeah. so wow. I had to tell myself that, but none of my fancy affirmations or anything. Yeah, nothing like nothing got used. Well, the how was Stewie in that me. moment too? Like coming so quick. So was Lockie mm. asleep? Lockie was asleep, and for the like only time in his life, he slept through that night. So that was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh actually, it was funny. There was like a real period around, like you know, Lockie has never been a great well. No, first six months he was awesome and then he woke up and then that was it. He doesn't sleep very well. But, yeah, just around when Leo was due and a couple of weeks after he was born, he slept through for like about eight weeks. It was really weird. But, yeah, so he slept through. It was brilliant. And he woke up at six. And I can't tell you how special that was for him to come into our bed and be like, look, your baby brother's here. That's you know? really cool. Oh, my God. That's awesome. The coolest thing ever. But it was, a, like I, I say, it was a non-event. It was just so quick and I... Lots of there are women say that like a quick birth can be more intense, but it wasn't yeah. like that for me at all. Like it was just, it was easy peasy, and I feel guilty saying that because of how full on birth can be. Yeah. But in some ways, I feel like with that first birth, it like just cracks you wide open, and your yeah. oxytocin receptors and everything's a lot 
better and it just, it's meant yeah. to flow better the second time and it does for most women in all honesty mm-hmm. well, my advice, I, like yeah. oh um your trees have already been knocked down so the second time around should be a bit clearer <laughs> <laughs> i love that i know i was like ah. a forest with a you know not that we want to destroy forests but... <laughs> no in well, my mind yes. that's nice um, yeah. so i'll ask you because obviously we've got some into your birth stories now birth stories because we love mm-hmm. talking about it mm-hmm. um but can you offer like any advice that you've seen obviously you've seen so many births over your time mm-hmm. Like that mm. could lead to a more positive birth experience or um, outcome, mm. or is there any preparation that you recommend? Because I'm like, I'm, mm. I'm doing all the things, which I did in my first one. Bo came at like 41.5, I can't even remember. And mm. I was doing the um, the dates. I'm being a bit more slack this time because who has time to? Well, you are, totally. Yeah. Um, that's with a toddler. But I'm yeah. still trying to do it, even though I, like, you know, I just feel like he came when he came, Bo. And it'll yeah. probably be the same this time around. But he yeah. was 10 days over, wasn't he? He was a yeah. fair. Because yeah. we were due around the same time. Yes, yes. Yeah. I remember watching your stories being like, oh, God, when's this baby getting here? I know. <laughs> but even about that, like I saw a story the other day, 42 plus 3, home birth, when he was born, he was full of vernix, which is a sign that yeah. white stuff that they're a bit early. So even your own dates can be a bit off. So Wow. Yeah, it's you, but then trusting your body, that's a whole nother thing going over yeah. to oh God. Yeah, you have to course. be a willing woman to, yeah. you know, and that's knock the, it Like back you were and... saying about before, the noise, oh, yeah. as soon as you start going over, it's everyone else's opinions too, like, oh, you know, when are you, what's, what's the date again? Yeah, that's I always, and well, this is probably a bit of a trick or a lie, or but I do often tell family and friends a couple of weeks after, or say mid-May or late May or early June, he'll be here by June or, that's you know. That's what I've been doing. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And we're it's well just, meaning. Even me, infection. Tara, who knows all these rules, like we're yeah. watching mm. you going overdue, like, oh, yeah. you know, like <laughs> and it is like it's exciting, but um and because you're like yeah. you don't know what you're having too sometimes. Like for me, it's like this is a whole surprise, which I'm so excited. So other people are excited too. I get that. Yes. Yes. It does put add the pressure it's on. It's well meaning, but it does. You're like, this is not helpful. I don't need yeah. this. But that's it. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of, um, I'm a real hater of like, oh, I'm going to get fat anyway, so I'll eat all the ice cream and all that sort of stuff <laughs> because I reckon, and for Lockie's birth, definitely, I think second time around is a bit different. You have to be a bit easier on yourself because you've yeah. got a toddler and, you know, meal prep and exercise is not really at the height of your no. to-do list. Yeah, But I, I think know. definitely with your first um baby preparing your body eating well staying active yeah. you know it's just so different to the message women got 30 years ago where you know put your feet up bed rest you know like yeah. worst thing you can do literally worst thing you can do yeah. when you're preparing for a positive labor and birth experience yeah. so staying active i love the acronym ufo upright forward and open yep so not no yes, reclining. Yeah. Yeah. Change my <laughs> <Yes>. position. <laughs> crossed. That's it. Be open. Your belly should be forward. Like um, I me. think I see a lot the, the the women, like willing women, right, that want to work with their bodies to get the best birth experience. The number one reason I've seen that fail over the years is the baby's position. Yeah. And I think that comes from um, inactivity and our lifestyles, which is a bit sad, but it's just true. We love Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. We all want to Netflix and, you know, lie back in the recliner. But it's, yeah, you need to be on that birthing ball, leaning forward or leaning over the back of a, of a chair. Yeah. 
to get your baby in the best position. So that's well, I've been doing a lot of squatting because, like, having to pick toys and stuff up, mm-hmm. I just do the old pop it like it's hot squat. Yeah, pop it like it's hot. I've and still crawling got it. around on your hands and knees, like that's oh, okay. Yeah, that was yeah. a trick. You've been doing that a lot. Yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's awesome with toddlers when you've got your second one coming. I'm like, yeah, just play with your toddler on the floor. Kids love that. So yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. Oh, great. That's wonderful. I will say that with my first, well, my only, but my first, um, he, um, I did do all of that, like in the sense of I was very active, um, used the birthing ball, was leaning forward, but he was sunny side up and he was just, yeah. just stayed there. Yeah. yeah. Little. Did you do the, have you heard of spinning babies, Kayla? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you do the I've been doing that. Yep. Yeah. I, <laughs> I was doing it all. Inversions. He was just as and, cozy as being sunny side mm, up. I don't know why. Do you know what? Sometimes I love that too because if you've done all that, then you're like, well, I did all that, you know. Yeah, totally. I did it That's all I, I could back. do. Mm-hmm. So you've got yeah. to have that surrender and acceptance for that Part of me experience. kind of thinks back, yeah, and part of me thinks mm. back now thinking that like because he was born at 39 and 5 and the, my water's like, you know, the hind water leak. I just don't think he was ready. Like he mm-hmm. he wasn't ready for the world. He wasn't in his position. He was just like, mm-hmm. I'm not ready. Um, mm-hmm. And I was probably in my head being a bit like proactive in like, let's get this thing going. So like, you know, yeah, yeah, you want to meet your baby. That, you it's know? exciting. Like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, looking back, I probably look at not more of that. It didn't work more of that. Like yeah. he just wasn't ready. Because again, yeah. they always tell you, like, like you said, you can, I remember having real moments where I felt like I was fully connected with him when I was in full stillness with my mind. And I was like, oh, I fully mm-hmm. know where you're at. It'd be cool for you, Tara, to go through that second time around. And no, like I'm really see looking. if you can get to that point. Like, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Last time you said you actually did, and that it was right at that pushing moment that you felt a little like. That's where I lost my breath when my body mm-hmm. started to do the pushing, and I was like, "What is happening to me? <laughs> like, where's my breath gone? <laughs> what is breathing? <laughs> what is breathing? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? It's such a ride. It but, is. Yeah. The the truth of it is too. As women, we try and control so much of our lives and experience. I think that's 100%. just part of yep. it. Yep. And when it comes to pregnancy and birth, there is only so much you control and the rest mm-hmm. of it you just have to surrender to the experience because mm-hmm. that little person in your tummy has got their own journey and their own plans and part of that is such a big part of motherhood too, isn't it? It's like oh, you're just yeah. like you're just you're the, yeah, you're the, what do they call it? You know, the even if you're the passage. Yeah, you know? yeah that's you're the, the passenger. passenger. Yep, yep. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, have to work that have to work together. And you just have to just surrender to your journey as well. I remember when I had that fear, like I was always like, I just want an elective cesarean when yeah. Yeah, mm. at that moment. And um my midwife and me had the chat where she's like, Well, what'll be will be. You know, you do just have to like surrender to the experience. And there's a real beauty in that, I think. Yeah. There's a real beauty in that. I will say that with like we've talked about my birth a lot in this, sorry, but um, I will say with mine, even though it was this complete opposite to what I went through, I look back and I've said this many times before, I don't feel like I have any birth trauma because I, at every point I was like, okay, this is where we're at. This is where we're at. And these are my choices. And like you said, having like. And you questioned things as well. You weren't like, yeah, like, you had, you know, you had definitely. the birth map. And having a midwife a bit like you, um, Kate, who's definitely all for choice. Like, I just think there needs to be more and more midwives like that because it made the world a difference. Absolutely. Should be a a prerequisite for for being a midwife. I can't stand hearing stories of my midwife made me, you know, or we had to. And it's like no one has to do anything. It's your Mm. body, your baby, you choose all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And in saying that, I guess like being a midwife, like what are the biggest challenges that you face? Mm. Because, I mean, that's, I think, an important question because you guys have gone Mm. through a lot. Mm. Look, like the obvious thing, short staff is the biggest thing. But also the system's just a little bit broken. Like, you shouldn't have to fall pregnant and look, you know, you shouldn't have to like learn all this stuff. I feel like the system should support women 
to make choices that are good for them and their babies. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just such a legality plays such a huge part in it, you yeah. know? And, and and that's how I felt when the doctor, mm-hmm. the doctor rang me a few times from the hospital, um, which is not part of the midwife program, obviously. And he was like, okay, so you're going in for a C-section? And I'm like, well, no, I'm not. I'm choosing to have like a vaginal birth again. Um, I've done some research and, and he goes, oh, oh, okay. So he was like, he was definitely trying to push mm. me in a certain mm. direction. And like I said, if I had, if I have to go down that path and that's what my body, you know, happens mm. and I have to get a C-section, that is fine. But mm. if I have a choice then I'm going to try and, you know, yeah. do it vaginally again, because I've done it before. Yeah. I know I had a tear, but you know, mm. I've read the stats and things like that, but I just definitely felt like there was like this tick. Oh, well, she's had a tear, so she's a risk. Let's just sign her off for a C-section mm. and get mm. her over and done with. That's how I felt. Mm. And he was just like, oh, okay. Seemed mm. a bit like annoyed Mm, Mm. so it's sad like it is it's sad it's sad that we're kind of a small percentage of women that really look into it in depth there's lots of women that are like i'm busy i just want to have my baby and keep on moving you know or whatever like work all through pregnancy don't even think about it get their private obstetrician don't even look at what their statistics are or what they're you know and then they end up having you know the cascade of intervention of everything and then they end up with postnatal depression and a really terrible start to to motherhood and it's just like it it, the system doesn't help the majority of women who actually don't want to do lots of research you know what I mean yeah that's it and because it's an expert opinion too you you take Mm. on more what they say especially if you don't have time to do Mm. the research Mm. Like, you're mm. like, I'm being told by a doctor this is what I should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, who am I to question it kind of thing? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people don't want to question. Yeah. So they don't. They're just like smooth sailing. And I would have been the same had I not have done midwifery, to be really honest. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I really would love the system and as a midwife to be able to support those women, you know. Yeah. I just don't think you have to spend your pregnancy doing so much research and so much hard work like it should yeah. just be able to be an enjoyable time and you should be able to trust the system you're in especially when and, your brain is you know not functioning yeah. at high capacity yeah it's not the best time to be no. really um deep diving i guess you know that a lot of that's pre-pregnancy work and wouldn't it be lovely if as a society we said that so pre-pregnancy you know get your shit together yeah <laughs> easy like, pre-pregnancy pack you know, don't take some prenatal vitamin, do all these expensive tests, like just get to a place of calm, um, figure out your triggers and, you know, your mental health and get to a state of well-being and then and yeah. then go into to pregnancy and motherhood because it's a, it's, a, it's a ride. It's a ride and <laughs> oh, it's going to yeah. pull yeah. all that shit. Even if you were <laughs> in a place of calm, it's going to rock your boat. But it's great. But that's, that's <laughs> we wouldn't have it any other way. And yes. look, we do have our usual questions that we ask everybody, but I want to ask one more thing because I'm packing my hospital bag at the moment. And yeah. as a midwife, and I know you did home births, but you're a midwife, you yeah. see what people bring into the hospital. Mm. What are your like essential, like one or two things that you're like, and oh, non-essential. Don't I want I want to know oh, non-essential. Okay. I want to I want to hear something wacky that you're like, do not bring that. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> this is more what we've been packing, you're like, why? Yeah. yeah, totally. Like the sexy lingerie and stuff, like what? Oh my god, no, yeah, yeah. Kayla's just like Kayla's to the, the, the first photo, you know, like that oh right, photo. yeah. That I'm not going to fit into any of that, so I'm just yeah, like, good I'm old. Like, that's definitely a don't bring. I, hate I haven't that. even owned sexy lingerie for a home, let alone the hospital. True, <laughs> right? Nothing <laughs> matches. I'm like, just like, no. Why? That, so, granny panties are, are an absolute yeah. essential. Big black underwear that cover yeah. like go so right up to your breasts, almost like cover that bump. <laughs> yeah. And just, yeah, keep it comfy. <laughs> a couple of those. 
Um, I love the tens machine too, since this has okay. been a lot on labor and birth. Oh, and especially oh, yes, yeah, and after birth pain. So the second time around, um, your uterus takes a little bit, it it um works a bit harder to contract after the birth. So it actually hurts like contractions after the birth for a day or two. Oh, right. And the tens machine is also for that. Doesn't like, does breastfeeding you, also help with that too, though? Or does it, it instigate helps. it? Is it the reverse? I can't it, remember. You're right. So when you breastfeed, it involutes the uterus, but it actually hurts the first couple of days. Right. So it's just like period pain. Yeah. It's just a bit of period pain. I've got this. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So, yeah, the TENS machine. And I've got a really cool, I'm going to send you a thing, um, Tara, on Instagram because it's a body birth baby, my friend, and she wrote a whole thing on what to pack and it was amazing. And she also wrote a post afterwards like what to put in your nappy caddy, you know, when you're feeding, like your AirPods and, you know, your snacks for breastfeeding and all that. So I will send that to you. That would be wonderful. Granny panties and tens machine. Huge fan Love of it. those. Tick, Love tick. that. Tick tick. And leave <laughs> your sexy laundry at home. Yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. The photo shoot is not important. It can be done later. Like not in the hospital when they're fresh. My jaw, my jaw is still on the ground because I just would have never have thought that that was what you were going to say. <laughs> I don't know what I thought you were going to say, but like, think about. It, I suppose a lot of people take more photos now than they used to. So everyone yeah, wants to have still, the nice. It's nice. But it's the last thing I was thinking of. Yeah. We just live in I believe realm. in some of the private hospitals in Melbourne, like you can get like makeup artists to come in and like, yeah. Look, each their own. But when I was in that moment in the bath, like last thing I was thinking of, like, do me up, like give me yeah. some more blush. Look, in saying mm-hmm. that I've had an epidural and I will say that when you've had an epidural, okay. you could just about do Oh, anything. you're probably a bit chill. Probably... You probably do your own makeup. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. if I was only, mine was only half working and I could, I was still on a whole nother, like, this is great level. Like, really? Okay. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I do it's... wonder how they feel. Like having nursed so many people with epidurals, like, and even yeah. the gap, it's like, how does that feel? Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have the gas. I just went, I always said in my plan, if I was going to have anything, I would just go straight to epidural. Like, let's just yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. yeah, I just went from like literally thinking I was going to die having that, like the syntosin with the mm-hmm. like contractions. I literally thought, like, yeah. someone needs to say, mm-hmm. I, I remember, I still talk about it, the obstetrician, no, not the obstetrician, the anesthetist walking through and the door and just being like, oh my God, I'm safe. Like, he may as well have been oh. God at that point. Like, and, oh, yeah. but I did feel like, yeah, I just, I remember just feeling, fine like I just had this little uh, like little fit uh, see I was scared I was always scared I wasn't scared of having a birth I was scared of getting an epidural oh don't worry I was more scared about that I mean it was I mean I I had one at the end obviously because I had surgery it was it was just like not a good time getting it but I just knew at that point I Mm. needed it like Mm-hmm. When the doctor came in, I had the tear and they'd shove their fingers up my vagina after everything. I literally punched That would have been a really I had good gas. Time. Like that was mm-hmm. even the gas. the gas. Tell us about the gas. Tell well, I, I just went a bit, I'm like, oh, this is nice. I didn't like it. Yeah. I was like, just sent me a bit loopy. It didn't fix the pain. Mm. Like, it was oh, just. No. Was, takes the edge off. But some women go like total cray cray on cray-cray. it. And it's really funny. Yeah. And I think Brenton, like, because I think a lot of the husbands are like, I had a bit too. Like, relaxed to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. I think that's quite a common thing. I, don't oh, I should have told to Troy the poor thing. He looked like a ghost when I came to when I had the epidural. Oh, been in so sad. I feel bad for the partners sometimes, but I, I hated that about like your that. birth story, actually, Tara. How like after it all was it you were left or Brenton was left with the baby and he didn't yes. know what to do. Yeah, and you were in the theater and you were awake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had a spinal, obviously. Yes. Yeah, it was and, horrible. Like, yeah. I'm saying, like, like I said, I've still got this most amazing birth story. Like, I feel mm. really positive about my birth, but the aftermath was like, yeah. But at least and I know why this time, you like, separated from your baby. That really annoys mm. me. Like, and they said to me, like, we'll bring you straight back. Like, and because my midwife, yeah. I think, had clocked off at that time, so she, yeah. she was down with the baby. 
Yeah. And they were like, well, let's leave in the restroom. We'll bring the baby up to you. It'll be fine. And they never did. And I was just like <sighs> lying there, yeah. not knowing what time it was. Poor Brent yeah. when I got to him. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. man. I can it's imagine. Just like... See, <laughs> that stuff, that's when you say what's hard about being a midwife, it's that stuff because the mm. system doesn't support you to support women in the way they need to be. You know, even with yeah. emergency seizures, sometimes they're like, oh, well, the war's really busy take the baby to the dad and you come back to the ward and it's just like, nah, wow. this is mm-hmm. their moment. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is their meeting that is yeah. so important. And that's the hardest thing about being midwife when you can't support women in that moment. Like that that broke my heart. And I love listening to Australian birth stories and like your birth yes. story is like my favourite thing to do. Yeah. And, yeah, when I hear things like that, I'm just like, oh, that is just not, didn't happen. Shouldn't yeah. Happen. But I say this to Kay, like it's good going into it the second time around. Like if I was in that, you know, recovery area, I'd be like, okay, now I want to see my baby now. I'm not waiting any longer. Like take me yeah. to my baby. Yeah. Whereas last yeah. time I just didn't know. I you was like, know. first of all, in shock because mm. I just had a baby. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Such a vulnerable Yeah, time. it's a lot. Mm. Okay. That's well, like even when you have a home birth, sorry, I could talk forever no, and I know. That's right. No, off, we love like this like, great conversation. Third degree tears and stuff. If you have a third degree tear at home, you get transferred into the hospital to get it repaired. Yeah. Because it should be definitely be repaired in theatre, no doubt about it. But then yep. at least while you're being transferred, you get all that time with your baby. Yeah. True. <laughs> so, yeah. Now with anyway. second degree tears, do you need to go into surgery or is it just a stitch yeah. up? Okay. Just third degree tears. Just checking. Asking for a friend. <laughs> And generally, if your third degree tear, it's always on an individual basis. But if yes. it's healed very well and you don't have ongoing issues, then I think you're very suitable for a vaginal birth and not yeah. necessarily high risk for it to happen again. Yeah, mm. just peeing my yeah. pants when I cough. But that's, you know, yeah. I've got quite a bad yeah. cough at the moment. So that's fine. You do. You do. That's, yeah. On that pelvic floor. So we're going to get to our questions because we could talk to you forever. Like this has been such a yeah, great conversation. I know. I love I love this. You're really setting my Saturday night up. So thanks, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what is your favourite thing about motherhood? You know, it's so, it's like one of the obvious cliche ones, but just seeing them happy. Like, you know, when you throw a birthday party for them and they're just like on cloud nine and it's just like the best thing in the world. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. And playing with them. I just... Yeah, I just love playing with them. My eldest has started playing snakes and ladders and it's the cutest thing. Oh, <laughs> love it. I love so, it. So, yeah. Yeah. And That's... on the flip, what is your least favourite or the hardest thing that you find about motherhood? Um, I probably can't say it in a short answer, but um, holding emotional space for my children. I feel like I have a really good understanding of that and it hasn't helped that much. Um, You know, I was raised in a, you know, be quiet, what are you whinging about sort of thing. And I I obviously, you know, um, as a maternal child health nurse, I've done like a circle of security course and I really want to let my boys have their emotions and be there for them and hold that space for them. And I do it, but I find it really hard. Yeah. It's hard. It's challenging. Yeah. Oh, I don't mm. feel like it's because we're, mm. like you just said, though, you were raised in a, it was completely different. So for mm. present day mothers, it's very much the ones that are aware and are trying to make the difference and make the change. You actually have to learn to do it for yourself. So as yeah. they're learning, you're yeah. totally learning that like, oh, I need yeah. to allow my feelings. So like we've talked about this before, like yeah. we can feel angry when our kid's done something. We don't have to be angry at them, but yeah. if it arises anger in us, like learning to express that. And it's just That's like it. a yeah. whole journey for yeah. us too. Yeah. It's funny because I was thinking about that the other day because Bo was like doing my head in. Mm-hmm. He was just like, it was just one of those mornings, like he was sick, I was sick, just at me, tantrums. Mm-hmm. And I was doing my hardest. I was just like, Tara, take a breath. We're going to be really good. Mm-hmm. What do you need? Give me a hug. All this, I was like work and I think at one point I was like what do you want mm, like yes. I snapped I did <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie and I just thought 
And then I said, look, I'm sorry I snapped. I'm, I'm very frustrated. I'm, I don't feel well. I apologize. And I was just thinking to myself, this is really hard. Like, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter if it's hard, if we keep trying to totally do it because we're still putting in steps and like, yeah. you know, it's hard. Mm, like it is hard. to anyone out there, it's not like we're, yeah, parenting is hard. Yeah. And I think the hardest thing about that is you are, you're a mirror. Your children are a mirror. They, yeah, what, totally. you, so you're feeling crap. They're feeling crap. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, but why? I need you to I be know. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to just sit there and be nice to me. <laughs> but <laughs> when you're in a bad way, they're in a bad way. Yeah. And so, right. so to, you know, regulating yourself is such a, it's a big journey. I'm so grateful for it. Like it's yeah. huge. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely such an ongoing roller coaster, and that's the hardest part. But also, the it's been it's the best because. I wouldn't have done it otherwise, you know what I mean? When yeah. I talk about, you know, all the work I did pre-pregnancy, yeah. well, that did not prepare me for motherhood. Yeah, <laughs> no, it doesn't, definitely not. And, but you have your little wins as well. Like today Bo was at the um, the counter and he just said to me, do you need a hug, Mum? Oh, and I was like, oh. yes, I do. And I was just like went over and hugged him because when he's upset, I'm like that, you like you were saying about that mirror, I'm always like, do you need a hug? Like, would you like a hug? And he just turned to me and said it and I was like, oh, okay. I was like, tick, I did something right. Like, so good. I love that. I love those moments. That is the best. I remember so being pregnant actually and it was it's hard. I oh. think um, Bo sounds the same, but Lockie was just so active and I was so heavy. And I remember just lying on the bed, covering myself in pillows and just letting him jump all over me. Like, <laughs> And that's what we did right. every day because I was just like, I'm so tired. I'm going to lie here and just let you absolutely go crazy and it, it was great um yeah. I always had to guard my belly yes yeah but um yeah it's a, it's a hard time and I had a win like that when I was pregnant with Leo you just reminded me I used to say to Lockie um tell me all about it like when he was yep. sad that was just like my line tell me yeah. all about it and so I was like in so much pain and I just had a little tear I was trying not to cry in front of him and he just comes up and he goes tell me all about it <laughs> oh stop that's so sweet. Yeah. Love those moments. That That's is, it. Yeah. Everything. Oh, it? And I loved mm. how we turned that question into like, which is like the least fit into something into nice. Into something beautiful. That's it. I love that. That's the parenting journey, isn't it? Oh, the ups and downs and all the in-betweens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what is your best mum hack or just something that's made your life easier as a mum? I'm going to... Uh, it's it's on the emotions thing and it's a quote from Janet Lansbury. I don't know if you guys have heard about her, but um, she says, roll out the red carpet for emotions. So I feel like the minute I stop trying to make Lockie happy and just let him have his feelings, everything got so much easier. Yeah. You know, like I was trying so hard to make him happy and then I, I love the term too. It's like it's actually not our job as parents to make our kids happy. It's our job to be there for them when they're sad. And so yeah. stop trying to you know it's you know even the from the wake windows to the time I put him in the bath I'd be telling myself oh I got him in the bath 10 minutes late you know it's my fault he's having a meltdown but it's like nah he's just having a meltdown because he's toddler and so I just totally yeah roll out those feelings are fine and it's not because you did anything wrong as a mum yeah and so that's really helped me as a mum like yeah, I don't know if that's too deep of an answer. No, but I love that. I think that's yeah. great and it's a good reminder because I think that you can be aware of all of this, but I know for me personally I go through waves of just trying to keep him help, like keep him happy. Like my husband will be yeah. like, it's fine, he doesn't have to have that. I'm like, oh, just give it to him. Mm. But I do yeah. that because I'm like, I don't want you to cry right now. But it's like yes. actually it's okay for you to have those feelings. Yeah. And I actually have said this to my husband a, a, mul- a few times now. I actually love the moments when he gets like he has his really big meltdowns because you get to be so present for them and then 
he mm. always just comes to it at the end and he just like I've said this to too like he just looks so deeply in my eyes like you're still here yeah and I think that if you can I try and reframe those moments to like these are the best parts of parenthood when you can be there for them in those like mm. crisis times yeah because one yeah. day they won't want us to be there for them they'll be like that's hey, it. yeah well and that's raising resilient and emotionally intelligent yeah. children like that is totally. everything yeah okay well that's going to be my mantra the, for this week is roll out the red carpet yeah I do I love I'm that too yeah. thanks for roll that. out the red carpet for still in that quote yeah. let's do it I'm gonna do it for myself too <laughs> <laughs> I know I know yeah. let's it's roll it out we never touched on it but like you can't do all that stuff if you're not filling your own cup as well oh, so yeah so true Absolutely. And apparently the research says you only need to get it right 30% of the time. So, you know, like no wow. one is going yeah. to parent like that 100% of the time wow. and it oh actually doesn't even need to be 50%. So, yeah. Yeah. you know. Yeah. Right. Perfect. Well, that's good. Well, that's good. I love a percentage to work with. <laughs> yeah. 30%. Oh, thank you so much <laughs> for this amazing. chat today. Like, um, yeah, it's been so lovely. First of all, catching up with you after all this time. Um, but know. just, yeah, I just love how positive you are around everything you know and how much you're you can just see how passionate you are too about Definitely. what you do and i'm just yeah like, i love move to queensland in the next like yeah, no. two years so that when i have my next baby you can be my mom thanks <laughs> just putting well, that out to the universe when you talked about pottsville one of you said you wanted to live in pottsville my yeah. um grand my nan just sold her her house in Hastings Point. Do you guys yeah, know that? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to if I could have afforded it. I yeah, would have definitely. That. that is like the best place. And I did all our mm. holidays there growing up. And we oh. normally go there this time of year, but we're going to Scotland in December. But oh, yeah, are you? I would oh, definitely meet next time I'm on the Gold Coast. I'm going to come say hi and meet you in oh, person. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Meet your babies and yeah, Amazing. that'd be great. Yeah. Love it. I'm looking mm. forward to it. Well, thank you. Yeah. And... I don't have a good night with the in-laws. Yeah, we might. Yeah, there. thank you. Yeah, beautiful. All right. See you later, guys. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.